Koto and welcome back to another episode of Code with Kingy where I am recapping round 7 of Super Rugby Aotearoa with the helping hand of Teddy Hearn. Well kia ora Teddy and welcome back to Code with Kingy where we are recapping the latest round of Super Rugby Aotearoa and we'll start with game 1 uh, which was on Saturday night between the Highlanders and the Chiefs where the visitors came away in OT with a 26 points to 23 win. It was our first edition of Golden Point here in Aotearoa, so I'll chuck the mic to you, bro, and get what you thought of, I guess, our, our first experience with that and the game as a whole. Uh, yeah, um, oh, I thought the game was one of the best games so far, uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa, obviously going down to the wire, which is exciting itself, but just I thought the type of rugby that was being played, it seemed like both teams were given the license by their coaches just to play free-flowing rugby, and I think you definitely saw that, obviously. Went down to the wire, like I said, and then yeah, it was just it was just non-stop action. Um, then had everything you wanted in a good game, line breaks, you know, good kicking, had everything. But yeah, no, it was, I thought it was a, one of the best games so far. Yeah, I I wouldn't say it's been my favourite, um, but I guess the drama towards the end certainly amplified things, especially that last ten minutes where the Highlanders were down by ten, and they the late flurry of points through Josh Iwani. But I think, especially in that first half, I thought it was a bit start-stoppy just because of the penalty count. And a yeah. lot has been made of both games this weekend. Both of them racked up over 20 calls or 20 long arms. And like a lot of that was around the, the players advancing after kicks, like the, the them not retiring until their kickers yeah. actually, or the kick chasers actually put them on side. And I know that that was sort of something that when I looked across Twitter that people were sort of up in arms about. But I guess from my perspective, and I've had, and I've sort of trot this line like the whole way um, with the referees being a lot stricter with different courses that as long as they're doing it to the letter of the law and there's no grey area, I'm fine with it. And so it's more so for me on the players and the coaching groups to adapt to, to how these referees are going out there. Don't get me wrong, the referees have been on the end of some pretty tedious calls uh, and some pretty... Uh, wicked from what I saw you know wrong calls um, and a number of different games which had a number of different influences but I think this time round um, with how high the counts were I think that was more so like I just said on the players rather than the referees but I have to agree with you like these two teams do play a very positive style of rugby particularly the Highlanders and I mean they're not the biggest team going around so they like to throw the ball around and, and look for gaps um, in between the defensive line, um, namely off Aaron Smith from nine. And then even for the Chiefs, I mean, you only have to look at their back line to see the, the razzle-dazzle that they have at their disposal to to know that these guys are going to give it a crack rather than probably going the safe route. But yeah, it, for me, like the, the game, like towards that back end, like when you've got a 10-point lead and 10 minutes to go, I thought the Chiefs might have done a better job at closing up shop and keeping the Highlanders out, but they didn't. They gave away a few stupid penalties and turned the ball over um, rather recklessly, which allowed them to get back into the game. And then in overtime, I mean, Josh Iwani, the guy who scored the late 10-point block to get them into OT, then has the opportunity to step up and, and now the drop goal right in front of the sticks and just unfortunately sprays it to the right. I mean, what would that have been in terms of a redemption uh, piece <laughs> from him, you know, namely after all, all that kerfuffle that went on last week with him being dropped and then his team winning and then 
he's recalled into the team through the injury crisis that just seems to keep going for this um, Southern outfit. And then it's like, wow, this guy's had, you know, it might not have been like an overbearing um, cameo off the bench, but he certainly played a part. I mean, like 10 points is 10 points. And then, yeah, to have the opportunity right at the end there to, to steal the glory for the home side. Uh, yeah, it just wasn't meant to be. And Damian McKenzie ended up taking the spoils for the visitors with a um, <laughs> with a pretty gnarly kick after what had been a pretty horrific night for goal kicking as a whole from both teams. Yeah, um, as you mentioned, I thought Joanne actually played really well when he came on. Um, it seemed like he was playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder after the bit of a after being in the news headlines the week before, obviously all those boys getting dropped. So when he had to come on, I thought he was a bit more aggressive taking on the line and he made a few line breaks and obviously scored that try to bring the game uh, closer. So, yeah, I thought he played really well. And But, yeah, um, I thought uh seemed like Mitch Hunt was a bit off with his uh, – wasn't as sharp with the boot as compared to the week before. And I think, obviously, with that close game at the end, not to say that it – necessarily lost him the game but you can definitely see if he had slotted those kicks um obviously would have possibly either bridged the gap a bit closer or even you know won them the game because it ended, did end up going into overtime so yeah no i thought um like you said in the first half it was quite a you know the ref blew a whistle blew the whistle a bit but i think in the last 50, last 20 15 minutes was pretty exciting but yeah um i agree the, i thought the chiefs could have, could have done a better job with um, shutting out the game in those last 10 minutes, having that 10-point lead, but um, ended up getting the job done in the end. And I think I thought it was quite interesting, obviously, Damo missing that first attempt to uh, win the game and then getting that second chance. And I think it's just quite interesting. I think we had a chat about it earlier in the week with how dangerous it can be if you're playing defence and all it takes is even if you're in 40, 50 metres away from your try line the danger of giving away a penalty with a you know, guy Damien McKenzie who can hit that with ease from forty fifty, you know, and they're not winning the game. So I was um I thought it was a good game and yeah, but Chiefs ended up um just stealing it at the end. Yeah, what a difference a week makes, uh, for old Mitch Hunt. He was the saviour one week and he was the well, you know, I'm going to go with the, the hero to zero call here. Yeah, one week he's the hero, and then the next week it's just not as nice. And guys have those games. It was just unfortunate that given how close the result was in the end, I guess that he probably would have taken that one um, a little more to heart. Just, yeah. just just knowing that, you know, like had those threes or those twos gone over, it might have been a different ball game. But again, like you said, like a lot of that stuff happened before that late flurry of points and that, that last sort of hustle and bustle at the end of the game. So... I think like, had he kicked those points, you know, maybe the Chiefs would have, um, in terms of their option taking, might have been a bit better, and, and their actually might have been a bit better. But again, like it, it's easy for us to discuss this all in hindsight. But yeah, I thought it was really, you know, I, I did enjoy the game. I, I quite enjoyed the the Highlanders' improvisation uh, from the lineout for like, James Lynch's try. I guess again, yeah. that just shows off the wizardry that that Tony Brown and, and Clark Dermody um, have um, in their heads. And yeah, it's just unfortunate now, you know, with the Highlanders, for me, even though I am a Hurricanes fan, you know, it's almost like the Highlanders are out of the competition now, and I, I quite enjoy watching them play, and I would have liked to have seen them um, give their their older brothers another crack in the final, but <laughs> it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. But, yeah, hopefully the Chiefs can press on and knock the Blues out of contention so we see an all or a double C's grand final, bro. But um, is there anyone else that you, you, you want to gloss over? I thought the likes of Chen and Frizzell, 
um, was good once again. He's um, after a relatively quiet start to the competition. He's getting his way back into things and, and could be pressing for that sixth jersey um, in the ABs once again. Aaron Smith, I think at times, looked like he was trying to do a little bit too much. Um, had a nice, well-taken try off at the aforementioned Frizzell. Um, as always, was probably doing a lot more of the directing, um, given the, the the red that Mitch Hunt was in for most of the game. Josh Iwani was good off the bench. I mean, that midfield, especially for me, for the Highlanders, um, now don't get me wrong, I don't think that Scott Gregory played poorly, but I think just like considering this how much rotation that back line and, and especially that midfield has gone through, there's just no fluidity in it. I thought that last week, you know, Thomas Humunga Jensen comes in off a nice little cameo against the Hurricanes. He pairs out well with Michael Collins, but then this week, you know, they were outplayed by the likes of Anton Leonard Brown, who I thought had his best game, and Quinn Tupire. I mean, you only have to look at the run meters. Um, I think that between Tupire and, and Leonard Brown, they clocked up close to 60 to 70. And I think between Gregory and Tomkinson, they had like less than 20. So. I mean, just that disparity alone, again, like you can't pin the game on two players or, you know, or two poor performances. And, you know, even the likes of Putty Putty Parkinson looking like he's going to have trouble with his ankle again. I mean, another injury just to add to the woes, bro. Like, I think like the, the biggest thing for this Highlander team is that once they sort of get like their A team together, they've looked the goods. But if they just keep getting hit with injury or suspension or whatever else, you know, like. Again, the partying, and that's, yeah, it's really been quite disruptive. To, yeah, just disruptive to their no, season yeah, as a 100%. whole, bro. It's just like, when they're on, they're on. And then, you know, just when they've had to patch a couple of holes, it just hasn't quite been the same. Yeah, no, I agree. And especially with the, with the whole midfield situation, just think, obviously, every week there, it seems like they're changing. Well, yeah, every week they are changing their midfield combo. And I think, actually, I didn't touch on it last week, but I think Thomas Umanga Jensen's actually, even though he was only back for two games, I thought I actually think that was quite a bit lost with him because I think, in my opinion, I think he's particularly with the ball in hand. I think he's the most my dynamic midfielder. I think you know, he's he's a big physical presence, takes on the line, and I think he just brings something different compared to the other midfielders you have. And so to get him back for two games, and even in those two games that he did play, so he had the, like you said, he had that cameo against the Hurricanes, scored a nice try, and then I thought he had a good game against the Crusaders as well. Um, so I think it's actually quite a big loss for them to get him, and then. Uh, lose him straight away but yeah I agree it just seems like um, yeah because I think having a midfield if having a midfield combo you need to have a bit of um, stability and you know find that right balance like you've mentioned before yin and yang but obviously with the constant rotation with, for different regions injuries suspension or whatever um, they're struggling to find uh, the right uh, combo in the midfield but yeah and I also what you said earlier I also agree with I thought Shannon Frizzell had a really good game. It seems like he just want, he's taking every second carry for the Highlanders. Um, but yeah, obviously set up that Aaron Smith try. And yeah, I think he's um, picking up his form towards the back end of the season. So definitely uh, have his, has his eyes on that six jersey uh, for the ABs. Yeah, the, the loose forward selections for the All Blacks is going to be pretty tight because I thought that Luke Jacobson had another good game. Um, I mean, I thought, I think, like the, the biggest difference for this Chiefs outfit in all of their wins has just been how much their All Blacks have stepped up. Now, I didn't think Damian McKenzie had the greatest of nights, although he was the hero this time round. But guys like Brad Weber, uh, Leonard Brown, um, like like I just mentioned before, Jacobson, um, even Tupo Vai, you know, just Angus Tavell was another one who you know, <clears throat> had his own mark on the game. Like I think that those yeah. guys, when they play well, I mean, it's like anything, but they're going to elevate the guys around them. But I guess, like, for me, it's just been more evident you know, like when those guys have been on, which have been in all three of their wins, 
or in the second half of the Hurricanes game and then I guess in that late flurry against the Blues, you know, it's just come together or, or you know, the, the, the Chiefs have managed to salvage something um, and fingers crossed that can be the case for the remainder of the games going forward, seeing as our boys, the black and yellow, are out of the competition, which we'll get to, and um, it seems like the Highlanders are out of it as well. But yeah, cracking on to the second game. Um, another game that went to overtime. You know, who would have thought that after seeing our first edition of OT, we'd get it, you know, we get two games in two days going that way. Uh, this one ending 30 points to 27 in the Crusaders' favour. And again, bro, I'll throw this one back to you and get what you thought from what transpired on Sunday. Um, yeah, I think it was quite a stop and start game. Again, even though it was high scoring, it did go down to the wire. You know, a lot of the tries that were scored came off the back of penalties given away or mistakes. And obviously being a Hurricanes fan, I actually thought they actually had some, you know, good patches of you know, good footy. Um, I thought Peter Umanga Jensen, his first start coming back, he was, you know, really good, obviously. Yeah, had a nice line break and was hitting holes really good off that 10 12 channel. And yeah, I think he just, just brings a little bit of X factor in that back line as compared to, say, Billy Proctor, I think is a lot, you know, um, obviously a good player and I think a, more of a safer option at 13 and also can cover more positions, more of a utility back. But, you know, Hideo Mungajusen does bring that threat all in hand. Obviously, uh, Adi Savia was just unreal. Um, just turnover after turnover work was insane and definitely trying to uh, get the boys rolling you could definitely see he was leading from the front and you could see that passion that he was showing out on the field but yeah uh, you know obviously they managed to hold out to golden point but you know <coughs> Crusaders just end up just grinding up the victory who I don't even think played that well you know um, obviously, obviously had a shock of the week before but I don't obviously didn't play uh, quite as bad but you know I thought their set piece was wasn't as good as it usually is. You know, that's their bread and butter, and that's bread and butter. That's why they're the best team in uh, Super Rugby. You know, they've got such a strong set piece, and even that, they were giving away uh, penalties in the scrum and, you know, turning the ball over in the line out. So it was a weird game, but, you know, same old story. So it's just end up grinding that uh, victory out. And yeah, David Havili <laughs> um, breaking the hearts of many at uh, Sky Stadium. But yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so just a very disappointing as a Hurricanes fan, but that's what it is. Hopefully um, they come off their bye week and manage to put a couple of smiles on their fans' dolls. But yeah, I, 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 think, I think the word that I'd use to describe this game was scrappy. And like, if you look at that first sort of 20 minutes, it was sort of like a typical Crusaders performance where I didn't think that they were playing all that well, but the scoreboard you know, showed that they were up 14 points to three off the back of a couple of... Hurricanes errors inside of their own red zone and then just like that the the Hurricanes went bang bang and scored two tries of their own through Laomapi and then straight off the kickoff uh, with Blackwell and Sevilla and then like it was all of a sudden it was like 17 all it's like where the hell have all these points come from you know neither <laughs> of these teams are playing all that well yeah and you know it sort of ground to a halt towards the back end of that first half and then unfortunately for the Hurricanes they were forced to work even harder than what they were already doing when Laomapi for whatever reason, um, no. decided to hold Scott Barrett a forearm. And I, and I guess, like, for me, you know, I, I am a fan of Lamarpi and I have got on him, you know, continuously just because I know how much of an influence he can have, first and foremost for his back line and then for his forwards getting them front football. And I just think in the day and age that rugby is in right now, I don't get, like, how he ever thought he was going to get away with something like that, you know, or anyone thinks they're going to get away with something like that. 
And yeah, I mean, what was it? This is like the fifth week in a row you were saying last night that the Hurricanes have had a yellow card. I mean, I've got a question for you later on as part of my run or pass segment as to what you think of the Hurricanes' discipline woes. But yeah, yeah that, that was probably a, a big turning point in the game. And then even like when Sevilla was held up over the line right on half time. Now, I, I get, you know, like wingers, they have, you know, they're, they're the worst for getting white line fever and not wanting to pass the ball. But if you actually go back and watch that, when Ruben Love gets on the outside of Havili and gets cut just before the line, You've got Dane Cole standing out on the wing being marked by George Bridge, and you have all these guys coming around the corner, that it was almost the wrong decision by the winger to just pick and go. Again, I know it's like a spare-of-the-moment thing, and he probably saw the gap and thought he was going to get there, and you probably back him considering you know the size of the bus, but again, that was a big turning point for me in the game because it's like, you know, that's five points gone begging, potentially seven. Yeah. And, you, and you don't know what that sort of site, you know, what that momentum does for the psyche of the Hurricanes and how much it deters the Crusaders going in for the Oranges. But then, yeah, coming out into the second half, it was just, you know, sort of tit for tat, a lot of penalties once again. And then, yeah, Richie Mwanga gets his opportunity to have a drop kick to win the game, shanks it right. And then, yeah, they go into OT. For whatever reason, James Blackwell decides to play into the wind. I think there might have been a bit of confusion there. And then again, another charge down, um, unfortunately, for the young halfback who came on, Cam Roygaard. Ball gets recycled by the Crusaders. And as you said, David Avili goes on to kick the drop kick and win the game. So, yeah, it was disappointing because I thought that the, the Hurricanes probably were the more deserving team to win the game. But I guess it was just a reflection of their, their campaign in 2021 and that, you know, like, working all you know doing all that hard work only for it to be become undone just through some really really you know dumb errors yeah 100%. and yeah unfortunately it looks like they're going to be collecting the wooden spoon this year yeah no i was um i agree you know like like you just mentioned the hurricanes probably did you know i think they did have did play better footy than the crusaders you know i think they you know were slightly more deserving but that doesn't mean you know you're going to win the game and at the end of the day, it was like you mentioned, I didn't come up here with the yellow card. I think it's their sixth yellow card in the last five weeks, something like that. Um, so, yeah, it's obviously something they haven't cleaned up. And and then just, again, simple errors like you mentioned, Cameron Guard, who, you know, you've got a feel for, young guy, and, you know, big ask for him to come on in the last, you know, what, 20 minutes or so uh, and run the game. Without really an experienced team, obviously Ruben Love um, had his debut as well. Uh, had a, sorry, not his debut rather, but his debut starting at ten. And you know, I felt sorry for him um, making that last error just before the really drop goal. But it seems like there wasn't even a. I think there was like one player for that wall for the box kick, and I think it was Mitch uh, Dunche just charge it down and end up getting position. But yeah, I think it's just same old stories, like we said, discipline, and then just little errors which is, you know, at the end of the day, will wash you the game. It doesn't matter how good you play if you're going to make, you know, crucial errors at the in the wrong places in the park and at wrong times of the game, then you will punish this match against a team like this. So just same old story, really. Um, on the side note, I thought Ruben Love played pretty well uh, at 10. You know, massive ask to go against not only the Crusaders, but, you know, arguably the best 10 in the world right now against Kimoanga, direct opposition. <laughs> made a break within the first couple of minutes, nice little run, uh, and I thought that was you know really good for him, eased the nerves. Although he didn't necessarily, I think he wasn't playing a first five role. I think he was given a you know a job by the by the management, and 
I thought he did it really well. You know, I think he, you know, good signs if you're a Hurricanes fan and if you're just New Zealand rugby fan in general, you know, he looks like a definitely <laughs> real deal. So, yeah, but now overall, same old story, just crucial mistakes end up uh, costing the Hurricanes a game. Yeah, I think I might have paid my last game with Ruben. Unfortunately, I was looking forward to jumping in for some club <laughs> action um, with him outside of me, but yeah. it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Um, like you Sorry, said, I buddy. thought that... <laughs> I think that they did um, really well to just have him in there and, you know, help him get his feet wet, but not ask too much of him. Yeah. Um, I, I probably would have liked to have seen him a bit more with the ball in hand and take the ball to the line, but that stuff will come. Um, you know, obviously he was told to just go out there and distribute and, and you know, do know what comes to him um when the opportunity arises so yeah i think we we are yet to see the best of ruben love i mean what is he 19 doesn't <laughs> 20 till the end of the month i mean like that's just it blows my mind just like how eh? how far you know how far ahead that guy is um not only for guys his own age um but for, for rugby players as a whole um in new zealand but yeah i thought that yeah he um he did pretty well in his first start um i mean it's hard to look past Adi Sevilla. Um, in terms of man of the match for me, albeit in a losing team, I just thought that guy's. I I run out of superlatives to describe that guy. I mean, like the the fact he played the last twenty minutes on one leg, and I think he scored like two turnovers. You know, you know, hobbling around on that knee, and even played a hand in, in the run up to Wes Houston's try, where he, you know, even though he probably wasn't going to do a lot with the ball in hand, he still acted like a threat running down that tram track. Um, yeah, and I, I guess that just speaks volumes of, of the type of guy that he is, the fact that he's willing to go out there and put his body on the line. And then once he's, you know, almost been laid out, he, he then gets back up off the canvas and continues to march on for his team until he can't anymore. And, yeah, unfortunately, uh, his team couldn't quite get it done for him. But, mm. yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, like you said, it's just been the same old story for the Hurricanes this year. So close, but yet. So far away, bro. I guess it's a wrap um, for the games this week, but I'll quickly jump into my five questions for you, my bro, before I let you go um, as part of run or pass. And we'll start with the Highlanders. Now, I made a mention of the injury woes this year, and I think they've had over half a dozen season-ending injuries so far, Um, albeit we only have a couple of rounds left, bro. But do you, and knowing, you know, that should they have Falao Vakatava um, for Tuli Pyre, Jermaine Ainsley, um, even Putty Putty Parkinson to start the year. You know, had they had a fully healthy team for the most part of their campaign, do you think it would have seen them higher up the standings? Oh, um, it's tough. It's tough because you you know you never know. You maybe the way they played earlier in the year maybe you know has a direct effect on how they're playing now. Maybe change of tactics, but. I'm gonna go pass. I just think, um, yeah, it's it's a tough one, obviously, especially with injuries, because you just never know. With just obviously, just the amount of changes they've just had is just crazy. But I definitely think, obviously, you have to have the have the ability to definitely the talent there. But I think they just a few things that need to be polished, and also a lot of those players that are missing are still quite young, like a Thomas Umanga Jensen, Flafakatava. Uh, among others, uh, so I'm going to go past. I just think, still think the Blues, just with the talent they have, even though they haven't been playing that great um, this year, I just think they still would have found a way to hold that second position. And same with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are starting to find their form now. Um, but who knows? I, you know, definitely, I think they could have. But um, in my opinion, I, no, yeah, I think the Blues in that regard. Experience does count for something. All right, uh, second question, this one for the Chiefs. 
if Clayton McMillan does the unforeseeable and goes on to win Super Rugby Aotearoa this year, what happens to him next year when Warren Gatland is back? Oh, that's a good question. Well, yeah, he's interim head coach, so um, I think he, he, I think even if he did deliver, I think Warren Gatland would still come back. Um, even though it's it sounds a bit ridiculous, you know, because obviously if you if he was to do, you know, what deemed the impossible and lead this uh, Chiefs team. I think he's obviously still have a role to play, and maybe that role would have more of a significance. But I th- yeah, uh, so I still think Gatlin would um, be the head coach next year. Uh, so that would be a run or a pass. So what was your question? I guess yeah, you, you're running yeah. with the idea that he sticks around. Should he win? Yeah, yeah, run, yeah, run. Uh, I think he would stick around. All right. Uh, third question: uh, the Canes coaching group are the ones to blame. For their team's ill discipline, ah, uh, nah, nah. I don't think you can put this down to the coach. Maybe other things, but discipline. Yeah, I'm going to pass on this one. I think discipline comes down to the players at the end. You know, the coaches aren't there. They don't have an Xbox controller controlling those guys. You know, they're not spamming buttons. You know, at the end of the day, that's that's up to the players. And I'm sure you. I mean, I'm sure the have mentioned it. If they didn't mention it, oh, there's something wrong. But you know, there's no way you go what, four or five weeks in a row having a sin bin every game and that not be mentioned. And that's actually just a responsibility for the players to know, you know, we actually need to clean this part of our game up because none, none of the other teams are getting sin bins uh, that often, so nah, uh, pass. Fair enough. All right, um, we've already touched on injuries, but two big ones that came away from the Crusaders' win were the loss of Joe Moody and Jack Kutu for what looks like the remainder of the season given the uh, the assumed severity. Uh, I think Jack Goodhues was his knee and Joe Moody's was his foot. So those two losses, you know, you put strikes between their names. Where does that lead the Crusaders? Are they still the favourites going into what looks like their millionth final in a row? Uh, yeah, run. Still still the favourites, I don't think. I think they're just too strong across the park and they just have too much in their squad uh, to, you know, as, as good as, obviously, you know, Jack you and Moody both both start for the ABs, but George Bauer, another All Black, will just slot straight in to replace him. Um, and then you know, with a obviously, I think it will be a loss in quality. I think Jack could use obviously the best player at that position, uh, but you know, whether they play Leicester Fine with Naku there or someone else, um, you know, I'm sure he'll do his role and do a job. But I just think across the park, one to 15, they're just too strong um, and have too much depth for that to be too much of a, you know, fall off. So, uh, yeah, run, still the favourites. They may still be the favourites in your eyes, but fingers crossed we see a new champion this year because those oh, guys yeah, have no. enough titles. Um, uh, last question, bro. Uh, the importance of goal kicking. Now, we touched on mm. how Mitch Hunt's misses um, played some sort of influence in their game and their loss, and then you even look towards the Canes and the Crusaders. I mean, neither of those two teams were perfect off the tee, and... Had they been, you know, maybe their game wouldn't have gone to OT. So, you know, I guess it's just a, a general question for you, bro. Like, as much as everything is made of, you know, like line speed and, you know, the width of pods and all that other hoo-ha that, that comes with attack and defence, is goal kicking still towards the top of the necessities for teams in today's day and age, considering, you know, the points that can come off the boot? 
I'm running with this one. You know, I I I think it's massive. You know, especially if you know, I think just grabbing points, whether it's to start off the game to break the ice, uh, whether it's to one thing that I think is you know a little bit underrated is when the team's behind, then you know sometimes teams will go for a line out or go for a scrum midfield to try and get a try to bridge that gap. You know, try and get five seven points to you know, seem more significant, but sometimes it's, you know, really important just to shorten that gap by however many points, you know, get put that three on the board and then just work from there. And then, you know, if you end up getting a try, that that's 10 points taken and, you know, and you don't want to miss any of those opportunities. And, yeah, no, 100%. And also we saw it on the weekend, you know, Mitch Hunt, who was excellent on the, you know, with the with the boot the week before against the Crusaders and essentially, oh, yeah, it was seven from eight, so... You know, that would have pushed that lead out by, you know, some significance. And then <laughs> there was the opposite the week before where they went to Golden Point and, you know, he missed uh, quite a few picks, which could have potentially, you know, not blaming him, like I said earlier, could have potentially uh, won them the game. Or, yeah, no, I, I'm running with that one. I think it's very important and it should be near the top of a team's priority. Maybe not the most important, but definitely up there. Yeah, I think yeah. Like I, I'm speaking from experience, and my club rugby game on the weekend, um, <laughs> having, having a decent goal kicker, um, and you're starting fifteen, um, does have a massive influence on the result. Um, and I think even last like just, just just quietly, um, just the psyche of a player, bro. I mean, I think that Mitch Hunt's performance against the Crusaders, a lot of that came off, you know, like how well he was striking the ball off the tee, and then that carried over, you know, into his running game, into his tackling, and whatever else. So. Yeah, goal kicking man. Um, as much as the game is about scoring tries, and as much as fans like to see tries being scored, um, yeah, goal kicking, you know, is just for me probably a little bit overvalued. I, you know, I've, I've voiced my opinion in the past about you know maybe potentially changing the point system to to make more of an incentive for teams to go for tries rather than take the threes. But in the the current state of the game, goal kicking is still pretty paramount, bro. But yeah, that's a wrap for this week's. Action, bro. I just want to say thank you once again to my man Teddy for joining me on the show, bro. Um, had some really great feedback about you being a guest on, so I will definitely look to get you on at some point with the remainder of our year, um, namely with the All Blacks games. Um, so yeah, bro. Yeah, really appreciate your time, and yeah, hopefully you accept another invitation on. Oh, thank you, Bryce. No, definitely. Um, just let me know, and I'll be here. It's been good fun. No, thank you. All right, my bro. Peace and love. Later.